Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to today's Outsports Podcast. This is Jim Bozinski along with Tid Ziegler. Our podcast episode is brought to you by AT&T, mobilizing your world. And even though it is snowy and cold and miserable back east against it, it is almost spring, um, which means baseball's around the corner. Yeah, we had the first day of summer here in Los Angeles last week, so it's... Uh... Yeah, well, I think we're well into the season by now here in L.A. and Phoenix and Florida, too, I'm sure. Which is where all the spring training actually is taking place. I think daylight savings time starts Sunday, which is always a, lot, a grim day for people who, want, who lose an extra hour of sleep, but gives it an extra hour of daylight. And I guess people will be playing softball and whatever out in the Los Angeles leagues. But uh, we're going to talk some baseball today since uh, spring training is, as we said, well underway. A couple of stories happened that made national news uh, in terms of one just really just kind of bizarre and the other dealt with the whole issue of how gays are going to be treated in in, in baseball. And uh, I don't know, maybe we should talk about the the more serious one first uh, involving the New York Mets. Sid, why don't you give some background on Billy Bean and uh, what Daniel Murphy said, and we can kick in there. Well, I guess it depends on how far you want to go back. But, uh, you know, Billy's an openly gay former Major League Baseball player, played with the Tigers and the Padres and the Dodgers, I think, that, that rounds it out. Back in the late 80s and early 90s, left baseball you know, in part because he was gay. I mean, just didn't feel comfortable, missed a game because he was because he was attending, I uh, know, I'm sorry, skipped his partner's funeral back in the early 90s but, so that he didn't have to come out to his team and didn't have to miss a game with the Padres. Well, the general manager of the New York Mets let him suit up with them, practice with them, spring training this week, which was really cool. And then, of course, the media asked some players how they felt about it, and Daniel Murphy, one of the Mets players, decided to... <laughs> Talk about why he felt that Billy Bean's homosexuality was wrong and against the Bible and how he opposed it 100%, but that he would somehow uh, fully embrace Billy and want to get to know Billy, even though he was inherently a sinner and um, and gay. So it, 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 of course, stirred up a lot of the same sinner versus sin conversation that we've heard 100,000 times. Yeah, and it's a hundred thousand times, and it just seems this is a consistent theme. Um, let me just read you exactly what Murphy said in uh, an interview with the Newark Star Ledger. I disagree with this about being. I disagree with his lifestyle. I do disagree with the fact that Billy is a homosexual. That doesn't mean I can't still invest in him and get to know him. I don't think the fact that someone is a homosexual should completely shut the door on investing in them in a relational aspect, getting to know him. That's what I say. You can still accept them, but I do disagree with the lifestyle 100%. And it's like you go, God, here we go again. And Billy wrote a column in response for MLB.com. He basically said, you know, took the high road. I appreciate his comments. Um, you know, I'm glad he said them. It's And the Mets basically said, you know, this is this is what the guy believes. And, 
uh, Sandy Alderson, the general manager, actually said, well, we have 25 guys on a team, and if 23 or 24 have no problem, we have only one that has a slight issue, I consider that progress. But I guess it's, ca- it's caused, uh, you know, it's, it's been a talk story for people, especially in the gay uh, media world and in the baseball world. It's just the idea, it's the infuriating idea that, you know, the love the sinner, or, I'm sorry, love the, yeah, love the sinner, hate the sin idea. And we're somehow supposed to, people are supposed to like give him a pass because he seems so sincere about it. I think in many ways these are the worst kind of people. I mean, for starters, he uses homosexual, which is a kind of a loaded term, I think, when people like that use it. Yeah, but they don't know that. I, I, I understand, what you're saying, but a lot of people don't know that. Like, they're not using it. I, I actually what you're saying, but I know we jumped down their throats for using homosexual, but they really, like, I remember my conversation with Michael Irvin. He just didn't know what you were to use. They just don't know. I think I, well, I did feel that, like, that that he should know. Much. I mean, at a certain point, you're ignorant, I think. I mean, I, I guess I have little patience for people like Murphy, even though they seem like probably perfectly nice people who talks about love. But it just, you know, I mean, again, he, in some ways, it's a non-issue because if there was a gay met, he's covered by sexual orientation things. And my guess is Daniel Murphy would, what's Daniel Murphy going to refuse to play with him? If that's the case, Daniel Murphy's the guy that's sitting <laughs> on the bench. So really didn't have much choice, but it just sort of brings up stuff we keep hearing that I think is one reason that there still is that resistance, this, this, the power that religion still has on this issue for a lot of people. And it, well, you know, one of the interesting pieces about it, what you said, you know, oh, if it's if if we got twenty four guys who are okay with it, but the twenty fifth one isn't, that that we've made progress. The, the problem is that the reason that People don't come out, and the reason, frankly, that some of these front office executives are, are careful about signing gay athletes is because they're so worried about that 25th player, particularly if he's your starting shortstop. If he's your starting shortstop, it doesn't matter if it's 100 to 1. The the, the management at, in the front office is going to listen really carefully to that one player. They don't want to upset the apple cart and create distractions. So it... it uh, I, you know, it is. You're right. It could be twenty-four to one, but that one can control the clubhouse. And well, yeah, guy Murphy did say Murphy player. did say he would welcome a gay teammate. They have no problem playing with one. So I'm not. I don't want to slam him as saying he would be opposed to. Just the idea that when you say I, I disagree with his lifestyle, as one reader said, well, it's my it's my life. It's not my lifestyle. And just the ter- the term again, just I get feel so insulted by it and. You know, and and I think I had a writer ask me yesterday, well, why do you think Murphy was he not thinking when he said that? I said, no, he since he sincerely thinks this, he thinks he's saying nothing wrong. He's simply upholding his beliefs. It's not like he called him a faggot, you know, or something like that in a way where you go, God, what are you thinking? I don't think Murphy feels he has anything he has to apologize for. And reality is, I don't think he has anything to apologize for. That's what he believes. He's entitled to say what he wants to. I'm not. I don't think the Mets should do anything to him. Um, and it's probably a one-day story that's moved on, but I think, it, like you said, it points out this issue that still is has a real stronghold in these locker rooms, and that's the power of the religion and the way they were brought up. Yeah, I, and and you talk about apologies. I'm tired of apologies. I don't want anybody to apologize anymore. I saw this guy, this this was this guy Gordon. He's running for president in the, on the Republican side. Ben Gordon is that his name? Ben Carson. Ben Carson. Ben Carson. Always apologizing for saying that um, 
sex in jail proves that homosexuality is a choice. And now he's apologizing. I don't want to hear any more apologies. I want people to say what's on their mind. And if they really feel bad about it, I want them to do what Tim Hardaway did and, and go and learn about it. Don't sit there and apologize. I hope Daniel Murphy doesn't apologize. If he wants to go visit the, the New York Gay and Lesbian Center, that's awesome. Go do that. But apologies? I'm so tired of apologies. They're, so, they're always so meaningless, and all it means is I'm sorry I got caught. It doesn't mean I'm sorry I believe this. It doesn't mean I'm sorry that I hurt anybody. It just means I'm sorry I got caught. Yeah, I don't think Murphy actually has to apologize. This is no, what this yeah. guy believes, and so, you know, fine, let him say what he wants to. And, you know, Billy had to take the high road. What's, you know, Billy couldn't come out because he's in a delicate position with this. Um no, but well, it's also kind of stuff position, Billy's going to face. Billy. I mean, Billy's going to hear this kind of stuff from people. I don't know. I, I I appreciate what Billy's position, but to essentially say, "Yeah, I'm cool with this." I don't know. It was so many people on Twitter have thrown what Billy said back at me and said, "See, he's okay with it. Why aren't you?" It kind of. I don't yeah, know. I, <clears throat> I mean, some of it. I think you probably he. I, I could only understand if he's writing for the MLB site and he's basically employed in some capacity by them. He probably felt the obligation, at least publicly, to take the high road. I mean, that's what I'll give him credit for. I don't know what he'll say to the guy in private. Um, But, I mean, this is the stuff that people still believe. We we had it with the Erskine College in South Carolina where, you know, that's now become a big story. I mean, it was on the front page of the New York Times with a really cool picture of, Openly gay Drew Davis, sky highing a spike. Um, <laughs> you know the story is. Be, you know it's it's religion is still this big thing. We're seeing it in the gay marriage debate. We're seeing. You know it's it it's still this this really big factor in acceptance of gay people is the and I think in many ways the religious people are sort of more on the defensive because this has become more acceptable. But you know it it it's something that I think. People have to factor it into the equation when they're dealing with uh, with the issue, and I'm not sure, ex- other than you know, you know, trying to influence people one at a time, how you're going to really get by that when people are raised a certain way. Yeah, you know, it it just it depends on how on what you want to focus on in the Bible, and there's so much in the Bible. There are six or seven hundred pages, and I've read a lot of those pages. Over my years, I used to be very, very religious. I went to church every Sunday and read the Bible almost daily through part of my through part of college. So I'm pretty well versed in the Bible. And yes, there are there are probably two or three passages that explicitly talk about gay sex. Two or three sentences in the entire Bible. Uh, there there are there are more passages that talk about stoning people and and lots of other things. And, and then there are a few other passages that tangentially talk about gay sex. And there's just so much focus by, these, by, Christ, by so many Christians on these couple of passages in a six to seven hundred page book. And so little focus on the true meaning of what Jesus Christ was talking about. And what he said, Jesus Christ never, ever talked about homosexuality as a sin. Ever. Yet they use the Bible as this this doctrine to live by, and 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 they focus so much on 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 the life of Jesus Christ that they don't 
they don't focus on the true meaning in the other 599 pages. Well, and then you have the the, the reality is the Bible was not a document that was transcribed, you know, literally at the time in some language we don't even speak anymore. But I mean, it was written hundreds of years after these things. So even the actual words themselves about homosexuality, who knows what interpretations or you know, meanings have kind of been, you know, distorted through the years. So, and plus, of course, you can go into the whole thing about the stuff in the Bible that um, was prescribed and accepted back then, like slavery, treatment of women that nobody would think about today. So it's self-selective, but it still is this powerful sort of vehicle for people. You know, they use to sort of justify that. So, I mean, the Daniel Murphys are out there. Go ahead. There's a a whole story in the Bible about when, when Noah... When one of one of Noah's sons saw him naked, he he made him the slave of his brother. <laughs> so if you see your father <laughs> naked, you're supposed to uh, you're supposed to become a slave. I mean that's that's how insane the stories are that are in the Bible when you just take them at face value. There's such a bigger picture, and that's what these people don't see. They point to this this political mantra and that's all it is, is is political mantra sin versus sinner it's essentially an excuse to be homophobic and it it, it uh, and they just ignore what the real meaning of those 3 600 pages are it makes me and it makes a lot of christians furious it was nice yeah, to see last so- night at Erskine College by the way last night at Erskine College they had a whole open forum on this and many, 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 many students showed up and said they are totally against what the Board of Trustees did. And, and many of them are even calling for the Board of Trustees to be replaced because they don't want these people dictating what, what the Bible says. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think they've hijacked the Bible for their own purposes. And a lot of people want to sort of hijack it back or get it back because you have a lot of Christians saying, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't have a problem with gay people gay marriage, whatever, and they they seem to think, I mean, it's Tony Dungy's among the worst of that, that they somehow have the only true interpretation of the Bible, and so therefore, if they say it's what it says it is, it's what it says it is, and, um, but, you know, in sports, this this is still, this is, religion is such a big deal um, in the sports world, and so it's kind of interesting that, you know, Billy, as being an openly gay former player has you know has these people confronting it. So in that regard I think it's it's good that we're talking about it and Sandy Aldison the general manager really was very good about the issue and how you know he knew Glenn Burke I think back you know when Glenn had retired and just kind of it made him sick of how the way Glenn died of AIDS kind of you know practically penniless and stuff. Um, so people get it and I think baseball as an institution has great policies about it. Um, we're going to see the first, uh, I mean, somebody asked me yesterday, is Dale Scott, the gay umpire, going to basically have a, a, a wider strike zone when he calls Daniel Murphy the, when he's at bat? Pitch could be in a dirt up strike. I can't, but, I can't imagine that's going to happen. No, no, that won't happen. Little... It's, it's, it, but you have this, you know, it's, it's something in the sport, at least on the institutional level, they've been very good about this, um, about saying a lot of things, so. Um, so you know what's interesting about the institutional level and uh, the GM of the of the Mets invited Billy and and, and that was lovely. But but there was a piece of that 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 bugged me, and that was that 
he felt the need to go to other players and make sure they were okay with having Billy at their practice. And we saw the same thing when before the Cowboys signed Michael Sam, where Jerry Jones called a bunch of the players just to make sure everything would be okay. Why is that necessary? Why do you have to do that? That, that tells me that there's a lot more going on than Alderson or Jerry Jones really want to reveal. Yeah, I think that's a very good point in that it does say that these people realize that this is somehow a special case. And, it, yeah, I mean, it, think about it. We still have nobody who's open in any of these sports. And so that's, that's the bottom line. We still are still talking about theoreticals, right? The theoretical gay baseball player, well, cause he, don't, he exists, but he's not out about it. And, yeah, the fact that Alderson has sort of clear it with the players to, to do it does show that there's still this least problem or a perception that there's a problem. It's, it's almost validation that there's a problem. It's not just yeah. an observation. I mean, they're, they're giving the players a veto power over whether you have somebody who's gay on the team or not. The, the players are allowed to decide that, and that, that just based on their sexual orientation, that just uh, it's, it's probably illegal in a lot of states. I mean, well, you, if you want to go around to, to go around to to other employees and say, "Are you okay with having a gay person on this team?" It's I, it might be legal in Texas, but I'd bet you money it's not legal in New York. No, it wouldn't be legal in California either. And if you want to weigh in, you can call us at area code three four seven nine four five seven eight three four. Now we know one team that is not gay in any way because it has the amazing ability to turn gay people straight are the Chicago Cubs. And we know that because of David Benham, who has a, him and his twin brother, Jason, are, um, we're going to be host of a reality show on HGTV called Flip It Forward about house flipping. But before the show started last fall, their views on gay people, which are pretty, <laughs> pretty nasty, equating gay marriage with Nazi, the rise of Nazism, their views on Muslims, their views on a lot of other things, uh, basically caused HGTV to say, no, we don't want these guys as the face of this show. So they were, they were sacked before the show started. Well, anyway, the, the brothers spoke at the National Association of Religious Broadcasters meeting last week, I believe, in Texas, and they told the story about all the all the criticism they got from the gay community when their views came out and how David Benham told this one story about how he reached out to a gay man with love and spoke to the man and discovered he was a big fan of baseball and lived in Chicago, so he got him Cubs tickets and went to a game. And then the guy wrote him on Facebook sometime after and said he really made him see the light and he's he's abandoning his lifestyle. So, Sid, did you know that watching the Cubs uh, in person will turn you to a straight man? I know it could turn you into a, a corpse. I mean, it's a pretty... <laughs> For non-baseball fans, they haven't won anything since 1908. But it, one of those stories that you even wrote, I think when you posted our thing on Facebook, you said, this is not an article from The Onion. And this was the story, and they got... <laughs> applause at this, you know, for this, this story of conversion. And I just thought it was very funny, especially since the Cubs have a openly lesbian co-owner, Laura Ricketts, 
who spends a lot of money in, in her time in the LGBT community. Wrigley Field is located in the heart of Boys Town, which is the Cubs gay district. But it was one of those stories that, again, it's like people, these people believe this stuff. It's like you can be converted, and of all things, the Cubs. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I don't know where to begin. I mean, I, I guess the the biggest takeaway is that these people continue to believe that you can turn gay people straight. Now, there are certainly people who are, you know, I think ultimately we can we can have long debates about if is everyone bisexual, but at the end of the day, there are people who identify bisexual, they are truly bisexual, they're, they're more than, they're largely equally attracted to both genders and yes these people could they could at one point be attracted to a man they could be at one point be attracted to a woman and it looks like they're choosing between being gay and being straight but outside of that there's no changing if somebody's gay or not or whether they're straight or not and but but they continue to believe this and the republican party continues to push this idea out and 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 Christian conservatives continue to push this idea out that you can turn people from being gay, and this is—it's all about politics. I mean, really, ultimately, they're just using the religion as a political tool, and that's the big takeaway from all this: that these guys continue to believe that you can turn someone straight. And of course, it's—it's it's, it's ludicrous that that reaching out to somebody with Cubs tickets could do that, but. But but the bottom line is they believe that they could turn me somehow. They can instead of being attracted to Dan, I somehow be attracted to some some woman. And it's just it's just maddening. But also that never the reverse never seems to sort of take hold in their mind. So I did a total spoof today of you know I found Cubs had their media day photos on Getty Images and a lot of good looking guys in the Cubs. So I said the eight Cubs that'll turn a straight guy gay which, of course, we've already gotten one guy on Twitter saying, are we a serious journalism or are we a tabloid? Um, <laughs> which, of course, the most comments I got were from people saying, you left off Anthony Rizzo. How can you not put him on the list? So I added it's now nine people. But it's this idea that really, so if you could turn gay people straight, why can't you tell, turn straight people gay and send them to a Cubs game where guys are sweating and kind of being very athletic for three hours might be, might just do the trick, especially in Chicago. I, it's just, it's so, it's just such nonsense. I, I, there are some people that you almost don't even, there's no need to even engage with them. This guy is clearly homophobic. He's clearly anti-gay. He clearly believes that the Bible says that gay people are, uh, and well, it's funny. I say gay people are, in, are inherently sinners, but they believe that everyone is inherently sinner. It's it's such a it's such a weird, it's just such a weird way to approach life. Where every, every, the moment you're born, everyone is a sinner, and you just have to spend the rest of your life repenting to God so you can go to heaven. I, it's just it's such a bizarre way to live your life. Well, that's why when I address the issue both times, I just I did it. Mocking and with humor, because I don't think you can you can argue in a straight face. <laughs> you know, you're you're sort of fighting against, you're beating your head against the wall because you're never going to convince David Benham. It's not a choice, so you sort of mock the idea that you know, go into a Cubs game. Really, the Cubs? You maybe pick the Houston Astros, maybe, or the University of you know Biloxi or something, someplace in a real deep you know deeply conservative. But the Cubs of all teams with 
a lesbian <laughs> co-owner? How the hell would the Cubs turn you turn you straight? So um, it, it was just funny, and of course everybody on the internet had fun with it, just because it's one of those stories that you go really you shake your head and you go, okay. Wonder if he took a guy to a gymnastics meet, it would be the same thing. Yeah, I know. It's funny that they that they they uh, he was using baseball, and he said, "Well, it's usually yeah, it's usually one of these quote unquote gay sports, right? That that the, the, these gay sports are the problem. That that somehow you know if you watch yeah gymnastics or figure skating or whatever, then your son could end up turning gay. But no, to these guys, it's baseball. <laughs> so I mean, it just you know it's it it's baseball season, so that stuff's in the air and. Uh... So what's what's the latest? Let's we circle back to the Erskine College thing. Um, you said there was a rally last night. What is there? Is there any movement on? Is there any concrete action coming up, or is this simply an issue they figure is going to just blow over? I don't know. The school is trying to figure out what to do because they just did not. They just didn't expect this. I don't think they expected. They didn't, they didn't expect me to find out that they had, uh, they had they had created this policy. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I they're having hearings and they're talking about it and they're clarifying and you know I don't know. I mean, what what actions could they possibly? They could rescind the policy. Well, the board of trustees is never going to allow that. They could replace the board of trustees. That's never going to happen. The alumni wouldn't allow that. And so the students. So you know, I think the best thing you can hope for is that. The school doesn't implement any kind of policy based on this rhetoric, and that the students continue to speak out against it to make sure that. I mean, there are you know the. I've only spoken to a couple of gay people there, but the but the the New York Times spoke to a couple more lesbians who are athletes there, and yeah. a couple of gay students who aren't athletes have reached out to me and uh, and talked to me as well. So it's there are plenty of gay people at the school and what i continue to find is that the the environment at the school is totally different from where the alumni and the board of trustees are well that seems to be the case on a lot of campuses especially with athletic programs and stuff where there's a real disconnect and i think it shows you know Tudor horn a second just the power of of outsports because you got this from one of probably other one of the two volleyball players and wrote a story, and from that one story, it's become a story that has been picked up by, I mean, the AP picked it up, so it became a national story. The New York Times fronted it on its sports section. Um, so it's been, it's, it was, it's been TV coverage of it, and it, again, it shows, to me, the losing, I think religious people feel they're in a losing battle, because even at this very conservative religious institution, their policy on gay people is not popular with the students. And that's why when I when I talk to you about this, I um, I rem- I hearken back to the Super Bowl this past year. And the Super Bowl, I mean, the, the the Seattle Seahawks were ready to go in, win the game. Patriots intercept them. They get the ball. Um, then then you know they they get the Seahawks. Then they the Seahawks have them pinned up against the goal line. The Patriots get the Seahawks to jump off sides. The game is over. And what do the Seahawks do? The game is over. They've lost. They start taking swings at the Patriots. And that's what's going on in our country right now, whether it's the anti-LGBT policy in Arkansas or all these religious freedom policies, Erskine College, uh, Daniel Murphy. They're all just 
taking swings as best they can, just just trying to punish the people who won. This this culture war is over, and and they recognize that. And uh, and pretty soon the Supreme Court will legalize same-sex marriage, and 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 they're just the conservative Christians are just taking as many swings as possible, and they're and they're going to keep taking swings for years to come because they just they don't like the fact that they lost. Well, and in Alabama, where they stopped the gay marriages cold, basically thumbed their nose at the federal but, <laughs> judiciary. So it's kind of like, you know, but yeah, by June, hopefully that'll all be a, a totally lost cause for them because the Supreme Court, if they did not make gay marriage legal, would be a stunner. Um, so these are these are good talk stories, but like you said, I think the war has been lost, but there's still battles, many battles that remain. Yeah, and I, yeah, there's still a long way to go. I mean, listen, but there's a lot of stuff going on with with trans rights. I mean, trans kids don't even have the right to participate in sports and the gender that they identify as in in a lot of different states. And there's still same-sex marriage discrimination. You can get married in a lot of states where they can usually be fired for 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 getting married and being gay. So it's there's a, still a long way to go. Well, that's all for today. Uh, again, this podcast was brought to you by AT&T, mobilizing your world. We will talk to you next week.